Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games to conference championships right through to the Final Four and Championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online. I am Warren Shaw. He is the great Gary Washburn. We are back. It's playoff time. And as you know, we are your host and resource for everything Celtics this season. Gary's been a minute. How have you been, brother? How did the close of the NBA season treat you? Oh, it's great. It's great. Obviously, I think like everybody, right, ready for the playoffs, ready for, for uh, the real deal here. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a good season. Uh eventful season and uh it should even be more exciting over the next few weeks and i i cannot lie um and as we're recording we we've seen the first round of play-in games Uh, most of them have been i think exciting to some degree maybe not exactly how we would have thought things would have turned out one game in particular seems to have gone maybe in the favor of boston but you got to be careful of of what you wish for um but we'll get into all those things here um as we kind of get back on the back on the bike here talking about Boston Celtics basketball going to the playoff. Uh, we have a lot to get into, so as always, let's do our plugs. Make sure you give us a five-star rating or whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, follow him on Twitter at GWashburnGlobe. You can follow me at Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA and follow Believe at Believe Network or Believe Sports on social media as well. So Celtics, while a little wobbly uh, after the All-Star break, started to get some things together here at the close of the season. Uh, started to look like the team of last year, really starting to really – they had some wins. They had some wins where they really separated themselves, you know, um, and and blowout wins. Um, none none bigger than that game against Milwaukee, um, you know, to kind of close the season. Uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, briefly, just of you know, despite the the hiccups after the All Star break, how the the Celtics closed like the last you know eight to ten games? Yeah, Warren. I mean, I thought that they did a a good job of kind of recovering after that loss. Obviously, the Houston, the one to Utah basically that West Coast road trip where they won the toughest game. They, they won at Sacramento. And, uh, they won the, the, the other games uh, on that trip. You know, they won at Minnesota, won in Atlanta, uh, was able to win it, you know, blow Portland out. But then they lost the probably the two most winnable games on that trip, the, the Rockets, which, you know, might have cost them the number one seed, you know, because they finished the game back. And who knows what happened toward the end of the season. But that's not a game you should lose. And then – uh, the Utah game where they blew a seven-point lead with about three and a half minutes left uh, against a team uh, that was seemed like wasn't really interested uh, in playing until the Celtics kind of let them in the game, and then they s- decided this is when they wanted to win. But I thought they recovered a strong effort in Philadelphia, even though obviously uh, Joel Embiid went nuts with 52 points. But I, you know, they they took them down to the wire. They lost by two points. They Tatum had a chance to tie the game. So I thought that was that wasn't, you know, that was excusable. And then that win, win against Milwaukee, 
very impressive. The loss at Washington, another game that you could probably point to and go, well, if they had the number one, you know, you want to know why they didn't get the number one seed, probably one of the reasons too. But at, since that Washington game, they they bounced back. Uh, the two wins against Toronto, and I guess as we learned, Warren, about Toronto, that is probably a, a, another team that's kind of in a disappointing bin. You look at all that talent, and I thought they were going to come into Boston and with a full lineup and the Celtics recitate on the first game, right? And then uh, and then uh, rested uh, Brown in the second game. I thought that they would come in and punch first because they were fighting for something and they just didn't play well. And the Celtics took care of business in the season finale. So I thought overall, Warren, a strong finish of the season. Uh, they didn't finish on their back. They, they won their last several games. Uh, and I thought they did well. The, the Milwaukee game, we could talk about just a, a dominating performance, one of their better performances of the season against a fully strength, uh, full squad, you know, in Milwaukee, although they were coming off a of back-to-back. You can blame that, but it wasn't like they came across country. They literally played at Indiana. So it, it, it wasn't like they were uh, 1,000, you know, 2,000 miles away. They were they were, were three, 400 miles away. So I thought an overall strong finish. They stayed healthy. Warren, I think that was the number one thing. Keep yeah. Robert Williams on bubble wrap. Make sure no nagging, you know, besides that Jalen Brown's cut hand, which, you know, still kind of a mystery. Uh, everybody's healthy. Everybody's ready to go. So they're in exact pretty much position that they wanted to be in besides the number one seed. And at this point, as we could talk about, as you saw, you know, would you, I think, and I said this before, like, if there were the four teams, Warren, that were fighting for the play-in, Miami, Atlanta, Orlando, sorry, uh, Toronto, and Chicago, and the Celtics had to pick which team would you rather play in the first round, I'm sure they'd have picked the Atlanta Hawks, yeah. right? Just for the potential of the other teams, Chicago's giving them trouble this season. Toronto's a rivalry, and you don't know what they're capable of. And obviously, they you saw both sides, Toronto, in that play-in game. And then Miami – you know, as we've talked about, and we talked about you live in South Florida, the Heat are not afraid of the Celtics. They got Celtic killers and Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, as we saw the other night. Kyle still got a little game left, although it's not as a as consistent as it once was. He still got a little game left at age 37. Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and even Gabe Vincent uh, uh, puts it down on the Celtics. So I think the Celtics came out very fortunate to face the Atlanta Hawks. Now, it's going to be an easy series. Is it going to be a slam dunk? No, but it's one of those series that they'll have to try to lose. So we'll definitely talk about Atlanta, um, the matchup specifically, and dive into that a little bit here too. But definitely appreciate that, you know, kind of uh, wrap up of the last, you know, 10 to 12 games for, for Boston specifically and how things have played out for them going into the playoffs. Um, you touched on something too that I want to get into this this first segment here is the health of the roster. So um, the health and the vibes. Let, let's kind of go with that here too as they lead up to the Atlanta series over the weekend. Um you said everybody's good. So, I mean, for the most part, it's mostly nagging injuries now. You don't think everyone's beat up at this time of the year. We know all that. But nobody's nursing anything major that we're expecting um, the Celtics to overcome, correct? Correct. Like uh, Marcus Smart missed last few games with a, a neck injury, and it was real. I mean, he had trouble putting on a shirt after that Philly game. Mm -hmm. But he said he's near 100%. He's feeling good. He, he talked to practice on Thursday and said he's ready to go. Uh, Robert Williams, ready to go. Jalen practiced on uh, Thursday, their first, first real full practice since knowing that they'll be playing the Hawks. Uh, 
So I, they're as good as you can get. Last year, as we all know, Robert Williams entered the playoffs, missed the first round, entered the playoffs kind of as a, you know, maybe 60, 65% at best. But now I don't know if we're ever going to get 100% Robert Williams, but I think in that 80 to 90 range uh, is what they, they probably have in him now. And so he's fine. I said Marcus, you know, Malcolm Brogdon. And then the, the benefit of the playoffs, no back-to-backs. And the Celtics start Saturday, and they don't play again until Tuesday. Uh, ben don't play again until Friday. So they got some a uh, couple of breaks in between games one and two and two and three that they can get some guys a, maybe a, a breather. And so they're not going really, really hard to start the playoffs. So I thank you again for that. So let's talk a little bit about just the vibes. Now that they know they play Atlanta, and I think no team – you and I can talk about it. They're not going to say, yeah, we're happy to see the Hawks because, you know, that you don't want that that locker room, you know, stuff going up there as well, so to speak. But um, what is the sense of of the team? Uh, again, health aside now, is there a certain level of like, hey, this is confidence. We are a championship level team. We've quote unquote righted the ship, uh, tighten up our things defensively. And even, you know, Coach Bazula, what are the what are the vibes you're getting from him going into his first playoff run as a head coach? I think they're positive vibes, Warren. I also think that they understand that, Atlanta played well the other night, and they're a formidable opponent. Now, let's not, you know, go crazy. This this probably won't be as competitive as a series as the others were, you know, Sacramento, Golden State, and some of the, the juicy, you know, Lakers, Memphis, and Clippers, Suns. Like, this probably won't be on that level, but they know that Atlanta's capable. You know, they're a team that great score in Trey Young, two big physical, uh, you know, guys in the paint, and Capella. And, and, and his backup, uh, you know, the kid from USC, like there's they feel the vibes are we got to take care of business. You know, uh, they're not going to say, as you said, Warren, they're not going to say, whoo, well, glad we, we ain't gl- we, we glad Jimmy and the boys aren't coming in to, on, on Saturday. We glad we ain't got to we ain't got to deal with Bam out of bio and Tyler Hero and those guys that we, that we got major history with. But they also understand that Atlanta rebounds the ball well therefore something that the Celtics don't always do great uh you know they're not a great three short point shooting team but they can they'll score inside and as you see if they they will beat you if they out hustle you so the Celtics have to understand I think they are that we can't as if they're saying we can't go into this series lackadaisical taking our opponent lightly that's something they've done this season the Washington game the Houston game the teams that they should have beat that they lost to, but it's the real deal now. So I think that the leadership of the team obviously will take control and say, listen, guys, like let's end this or let's give ourselves a break here. Let's get let's put put it on these guys. No momentum, no game one upset, no one of those things where you get caught off guard. And and, you know, we've seen it before. Eighth seeded Orlando beats one seeded Milwaukee. And we've seen, you know, the playoff upsets. And the Celtics were victim. Remember, uh, in 2016, Warren, the Bulls came in at eighth seed and won the first two games in Boston and put a real scare. Yeah, yeah. And if we're, and if Rajon Rondo doesn't get hurt in that series, uh, the Bulls might win that series. But the Celtics, you know, gathered enough Gill, won the next four games, you know, and took took care of business and ended up making the conference finals that year. So uh, I think their vibes are. Let's not give these guys any momentum. And that makes game one very important. Now, you know, it's not the most important. It's the most important game in the series because it's there. But I think that's the momentum game. 
you punch them out, you pack crowd at TD Garden Saturday afternoon. Um, good vibes. The weather out here, 80, 80 something degrees here today in Boston. So the weather's going to be great. Springtime is here. So I think the vibe is positive. Now, only the Celtics can, could ruin this thing and come out <laughs> slow and lackadaisical and, oh, we got these dudes and lose game one or whatever. But I think that they'll take this seriously and I think they understand how important this is. Great stuff here, Gary. So why don't we we'll dive a little bit deeper into the playoff matchup with Atlanta Hawks here on the other side of this break here. Brought to you, uh, sorry, I believe it's Celtics brought to you by Bet Online here. Um, catch us here on the Geno Time segment. We'll be breaking down Atlanta, Boston, rotations, matchups, who's going to play, who's not going to play, et cetera, et cetera, here on the other side of this break. And on this week's edition of Geno Time on Believe in Celtics, brought to you by Bet Online, you know what it is. It's it's a week. We actually dive into the playoff matchup with Atlanta. Gary's done a great job thus far, kind of breaking some things down and what to expect um, in the first half of the show. But we'll dive in a little bit deeper into this. So Celtics were three and zero versus Atlanta. The last game was a guys game of the season, so it doesn't really count. Uh, you know, so two and zero. Um, if if you want in the games that mattered, I guess you will for both of these teams. Um, Boston has had success offensively uh, and defensively against this Hawks team, but as Gary alluded to on the first side of this, like can't score the basketball. And even with the guy like Trey Young, uh, while he's known for shooting threes, not the most efficient three point shooter. Atlanta mm-hmm. actually gets gets a lot of point points. Um, so I think they're one of the top 10 teams in, in, in points in the paint. DeJounte Murray is a guy who's going to attack the basket, and they do a lot of driving kicks, obviously lobs to Capella, live lobs to, to John Collins and people like that. Um, one of the things that caught me, I think, in their playing matchup against Miami was the play of Clint Capella, and you alluded to a little bit about that in the, on the first side of this, rebounding, possessions, and, and not allowing second positions once you play a good defense the first time. So that's where Rob comes in. Right. Well, Williams really has to keep Capella off the glass and they'll have the team will have to continue to gain rebound. What is your sense of, you know, the Celtics attention to detail with that specific factor? While Atlanta, again, not the most efficient team, but they are a high scoring one. And that's because they do get a lot of second chance points. Um, what 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 have you seen or do you know if Missoula has been working on anything as a point of emphasis to keep Atlanta off the glass? Yeah, I think that they're just going to have to fight and keep it even as even as you can get you can't do what miami did you can't get out rebounded by 24 you can't allow 22 offensive rebounds to six like miami got skunked i mean they got just completely dominated in in the paint and atlanta did not play a great game i mean they, they 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 had some scoring droughts they took some bad shots but when you're able to rebound those bad shots and put them in uh that's a problem for the defense uh so the Celtics have to be more aware of, um, you know, the boards. And this is something because Atlanta's got only got Clint Capella. They got Aneka Okwangu, uh, who is another just force in the paint. In addition, as you mentioned, a guy, a sneaky guy is John Collins. I'll let people talk about him. He's a guy who's been on the trade block forever, but can shoot from the mid-range, dunk on you. So there are they got some they got some pieces. Jalen Johnson, 6'9. They got size. DeAndre Hunter, 6'8. You know, so they've got big guys, you know. Uh Boyan Boganovic, 6'6. So they're a big team. Besides Trey Young, obviously <laughs> the small guy in the group. But other than that, everybody in that team is 6'4 and up. So the Celtics are gonna have to play 
strong defense. And when they force a miss, like you said, get the damn rebound and turn it back to an offensive possession. Don't get don't get slippage on the defensive on the offensive rebounds because they can embarrass you. And I think honestly, Warren, that's their only really chance to have a shot in this series is if they, you know, dominate the paint and dominate the boards and make, but you know, and the Celtics are cold on the three because basically sometimes you you're switching two, you know, uh, you know, countering twos with threes, right? And that's okay if you can if the Celtics can hit threes because Atlanta is one of the worst three point shooting teams in the NBA. They're bottom ten in attempts, bottom ten in percentage. They're not a good three point shooting team. And Trey Young, as we've talked about, it shot thirty three percent this season from three. So while he's capable of hitting three, four, five in a row, it's not likely. Now, that's not to say you let him shoot him. Hey, Trey, shoot from 30 because he's capable. But if you put a good defender on him and just, you know, if Marcus Smart does what he's supposed to do, make it difficult on him, then you you neutralize Trey because Trey is not Steph and that's it. Steph, Steph is the, you know, 43% guy. Trey is way more inconsistent, but if you give him, let him open and he can, he can launch a couple. And then, you know, Bogdanovich is a guy that I would not leave open at all. That dude can shoot. Yeah. So those are their two primary shooters. DeJounte Murray now is starting to shoot more threes. He had a career high percentage this year. He's more, more as you know, more and more of a mid range specialist. The guy who can use his size six foot five post up smaller guards shoot from 16, 17 feet. But he's starting to shoot threes. Um, but I think the interesting part of this series, Warren, is that we've never really seen is that, you know, their coach, Quinn Snyder, took over with 22 games off. Usually, as you know, Warren, we've covered many coaching changes. A uh, coach gets fired midseason. The organization says, you know what? We're going to wait, put, pump the brakes on the coaching search. We'll let ex uh, assistant. Finish the rest of the season, and then if he wants an interview for the gig, well, that's an audition for him, and then we'll open it up in the summer, and we'll bring all the qualified candidates in, and we'll find a new new fresh start. The Hawks, on the other hand, decide to hire Quinn Snyder with 21 games left in the season. So they're still adjusting to Quinn Snyder's system. And so that, I mean, I think if you look at Miami, Miami trying to win chips, Right. Miami's trying to win chips. Chicago, even though they, you know, they that's why they got DeRozan and Vucevic and Levine all together. They're trying to win big. Atlanta is kind of in transition. We don't know what's going to happen this summer. There's been always trade rumors about Trey Young. Uh, are they going to is is are they going to overhaul the roster? Are they going to understand that this is not quite the roster that can compete with the Milwaukee's and the Boston, the Phillies, the Eastern Conference? So you got a lot of guys here playing for their jobs, but also a level of uncertainty in the system because the coach is new. He's been there 20 games. This is an unprecedented situation. Now, you've had interim coaches lead the team in the playoff like Jock Vaughn, now the permanent coach in Brooklyn. But very rarely do you have the permanent coach taking over with 20 games left. So I think the Hawks are like, I think they're like, hey, let's, we got nothing to lose. Let's play hard, try to, try to, you know, make the Celtics sweat. But is the, is the goal like win a championship this year? Like they're in transition. They just fired their coach. So changes are coming. So I think it's an interesting position where the Celtics should take control because they're the focus team, they're the team with 
with championship aspirations, more talent, home court advantage, all the advantages. And so the only reason I think they can let this ex- series extend to five, six, seven, seven games is the Celtics mentally just quite slip in some of these games, go through these lackadaisical scratches, let Trey go off, uh, give up 25 offensive re- things like that. Anomalies. So uh, one of the things that you, you touched on here, and I, I want to kind of even kind of go back a little because um, you laid out so many great points. The three-point shooting for Atlanta is not great. And I think that was one of the reasons they also brought in a guy like Sadiq Bay. Bay shooting 40% since arriving in 20-plus games for them. You know, two threes a game, um, two out of five, you know, roughly. Uh, I don't know how much of an X factor he's going to be. But again, another guy you mentioned, Jalen Johnson, he does get minutes for them and does provide some athleticism and size for them and some things that, you know, the Celtics have struggled with in some capacity. But even going back to Trey, the, the point of attack, so to speak, um, Boston obviously believes in Marcus Smart. Uh, they believe in switching, you know, pretty much everything and not necessarily doubling too many guys. Do you see any any need or kind of wait till how the if the season or sorry the series starts to play out maybe a little bit and the antithesis of what they expect where they would double where they do anything surprising per se kind of out the gate and like doubling Trey and getting the ball out of his hands or they continue you think they'll continue to play straight up and just switch everything like they have been most of the season? Yeah, I think they'll start by by. Uh, switching and, and playing Trey straight up and then see how that goes. Um, I'll, I think that, you know, it all depends on, you know, where, how hot he gets and how many shots he's taking and whether doubling him is necessary. You know, do you trap to get the ball out of the hand, out of his hands? Obviously it's the playoffs and we're going to see some wrinkles. Remember Warren, you were there, you saw it. We, we as observers had no idea how the Celtics were going to defend Kevin Durant in last year's series with the Nets, and they put a you know kibosh on them, right? They they locked them down for that for that four game series. Kevin Durant looked very mortal, uh, the worst I've seen him look throughout his career. Just in that four game stretch, he had the great game four, but the first three games, I mean, they he they were like gnats. I mean, they were just all around him. He didn't know what to do. So, will Bazula throw a wrinkle defensively? To try to, you know, I think that's what, you know, do you trap a little bit here and there? Uh, do you do you bring over a second defender, like you said, make Dejounte Murray more of a playmaker? Uh, you know, I think that all will 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 kind of play out. You know, do you play them straight up and then throw it when they, you know, if they beat your base defense, then go into some some different things. I think the Celtics are good enough defensively, especially with guys like Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, to hold down. But I think I expect to see some wrinkles, and I and I expect to see that the Celtics take this very seriously. Uh, I think they need to get not need to get Game One, and they they can win the series if they lose Game One. But they can't look at it like we got you know we got seven games to win four. Like make your job easier, make your job easier, give yourself a nice rest. Who knows what's going to happen if they, you know, in the other series on their bracket, Philadelphia and Brooklyn, will will the Nets, you know, step up and and and, and extend uh, the Sixers some, or the Sixers going to take care of business? You don't want to have to go right from one series to another. So make it easy on yourselves, work hard, and I think they'll come up with a base defense. They'll see how it goes, and I think the one thing. Atlanta has to try to outscore. Like the times that they've beaten the Celtics over the years, they've outscored them. You know, they have just – they're obviously, more as we know, not a great defensive team. It's probably one of the reasons why Nate McMillan got fired. Yep. He could never 
instill, and he's a defensive coach. He can never instill a defensive philosophy, especially starting with Trey. So the best chance for, for Atlanta is to outscore them. And, and they don't have the shooters. Remember, no Danilo Gallinari, obviously on the Celtic side, not, will not play, but mm. they don't have two to three pinpoint three-point shooters. They have Trey, they have Bagnanovich, they have guys who can hit one, but not like that guy who could hit five or six. So the Celtics are just going to have to play their base defense, I believe, maybe throw a wrinkle or two, and then no more, just you know, limit the second chance points, limit the offensive rebound. Don't give Atlanta life. So talked obviously a lot about Atlanta's chances in this and kind of like uh, what they need to do, so to speak. Uh, let's talk, flip the script a little bit and talk about Boston specifically. I think Tatum is probably going to see a lot of DeAndre Hunter on him. Um, Murray will probably get the assignment of Jalen Brown, I think, in some capacity. And those, those, so obviously Tatum and Brown have been leading the charge here for Boston all season long. Two of the All NBA type players in 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 the, in, in the game here. Is there somebody else? I, I have no delusions where I think you know Hunter and Murray are going to shut Tatum and Brown down in any capacity. But you know who is the pressure release valve? I think for those two, um, you know, if things get tight, so to speak, um, who are you looking for to step up offensively to give the Celtics consistent offense throughout the course of this first round? I gotta say, uh, Derek White and even Malcolm Brogdon, both that duo, like Brogdon can come off the bench and light it up, and he's given that he's been given that kind of microwave role, like, okay, Malcolm, score. You know, yep. now will Missoula always have Tatum or Brown on the floor at all times? That's a gonna be you know, he, he's mixed and matched here and there with with the minutes. There's times he's had both of them out the game, but he's had obviously had Brogdon and White on the floor. So that'll be interesting to see whether one of those guys are, are, are always in the game. And I think Brogdon can score. Then Derek White has really impressed me. I was not high on the acquisition. I thought last year he struggled. This year he has really turned into a really confident scorer, a guy who can get you 18, 19 points. You don't, you know, you don't ask him to score 30, but get you 16, 18, 19, that those floaters attacking the rim, hitting the, hitting the three ball. So I think those two are key. Now, who knows? Does Horford, knowing that, you know, bring, you know, either Capella or whoever Capella, you know, or Hunter, you know, bring bring them away from the basket and shoot threes and open up the paint like that, that they'll be interesting. Does he, you know, because obviously, as we know, Collins is going to guard probably Horford and Capella against Williams. So does do you bring Collins away from the basket to prevent his rebounding and his, will Al get some open threes? Uh, what will they, what, how will they, because obviously they're going to have to give some, Atlanta's, I'm sure saying, okay, we can't stop. We ought to give something up. Is it Al? Is it, okay, Al, take 10 threes. And, and if you hit six, we're losing. If you hit three, we got a shot, you know, because uh, obviously you, you're you not going to stop all the, all the leaks. You got to, you got to figure out one, you know, you got to figure out something you're going to have to give up. So it'll be interesting to see what Quinn Snyder decides to give up. Is it lobs to Rob? Uh, is he is is will Capella neutralize that? Uh, how will that go? And guys like Sam Hauser has had a great season against Atlanta. Will he get a role to stretch the floor? Because that's where he's there for stretch the floor. You can't really leave him alone. If you do, uh, we saw last week against Atlanta that you know when the backups played, he can knock them down. So this will be a series. I think that they'll get a lot of contributions. But I think and you know Hunter is a good defender, but he's prone to foul trouble. 
Uh, you know, but I don't know if 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 Murray can contain Jalen or is it or, or is Atlanta feeling like okay, we need Murray to match Jalen offensively to where they even each other out. Maybe that's their plan. And then you know you hope they're hoping Trey is good for good for a 30 ball or you know rebound and they're dominating the paint. So there's ways for Atlanta to hang close, but I think the Celtics have too many weapons. Yeah, I think Atlanta may ironically they'll as crazy as it may sound, they may try to play Tatum straight up and give them take what he gets, right? Um I think they may try to force the brown the ball out of Brown's hands and try to see if he can be turnover prone, maybe fall into some old habits there. Um, and try to rush him a little bit here and there. So I don't know if Murray will play him straight up all the time, but they'll probably see some multiple defenses, you know, kind of throughout. You touched on Hauser, you know, and before we close, I kind of want to get on the overall rotation. Usually playoff rotations, eight, nine guys, so to speak. Uh, do you think Hauser makes a cut? Um, where where are the minutes between Hauser and Grant Williams? Not exactly the same position, but, you know, or and especially not what they do either side defensively. Um, but do you do you feel like in this series, this is a series Hauser can get some run, or is it still more of a Grant Williams series? We're not even going to talk about Mascala and guys like that, you know, and, and Cornette. Maybe they get a couple minutes here and there. But um, eight, nine guys, where do you see this rotation kind of breaking out in the first round? Yeah, I think it could be a series for both because Grant could try to, you know, like John Collins is a – kind of an undersized five. So when Atlanta goes small, I think Grant can get a role in there. Um, and, you know, Capella's not offensive-minded, so Grant's sole purpose could just be keep him off the boards. And, you know, so it, I think Atlanta will obviously will play their three bigs, um, and then they'll bring off like a guy like Jalen Johnson off the bench. I think the Celtics, this could be, a, I said, could be a role for both um, Hauser and for, for Grant Williams, because I think Grant Williams, I said, can face bigs. Hauser can stretch the floor. And then if you put Tatum and Brown and Hauser, well, somebody's going to get left open because you're not going to single cover both those guys. So I think yeah. Hauser can maybe get a role here and not 20 minutes, but maybe 16 minutes, you know, 13, 14 minutes and, and knock down a couple of threes, you know, stretch the floor, uh, make it easy on them. Use your depth, you know. As I, I think, use your depth. I mean, if you got a guy out there who can get it done, I think Joe will get it done. I think he'll he'll go as deep as he needs to with his bench. You know, now does that mean we'll see Peyton Pritchard? Probably not. Muscala and Cornette him maybe here. You know, maybe in, in, in different dire situations or situations right. where you're foul trouble. But I think Hauser does play his way onto the uh, rotation. All right. Well. I think, you know, we're looking and feeling confident here in, in Boston about this matchup with Atlanta. But as Gary alluded to, um, Celtics not taking it lightly. Understand what it means to be uh, a, a contender. I mean, know that they're the hunted. Atlanta's coming here with house money. Nobody expected them to beat Miami, and nobody expected them to beat Boston except for themselves. So the Celtics will have to uh, dig down, play great defense throughout the course of the year, uh, the series rather, and make sure they get everybody involved. Um, and, you know, uh, that first that going back to that season, that series last year against Brooklyn, you know, and Tatum and the way he played against KD and everyone started to anoint him. I think, you know, the whatever, like he's, he's, he really is next to he's arrived, whatever you want to call it. He's him, all the cliches that you want to put out there. Um, I think the Celtics want to uh, kind of not get caught up in any of that. Just play winning basketball. Uh, this is the first series. You have to win this one to kind of obviously to move on to get to the chip, but uh, not worry about any of the narratives out there. Play group basketball. However you get it done is how you, however you get it done. I'll be watching very closely to what Missoula does and doesn't do. 
you know, on the sidelines, you know, in this, you know, does the moment Quinn Snyder is a veteran head coach. And while he's still gaining mastery of this team, um, there will be some things to kind of watch in that aspect of as well. So uh, what we will do is we will stay away from predictions. I think, you know, if you're listening, you, you know, what side we're leaning on, but we won't necessarily go out here and give games and and the whole nine. Uh, But I think, you know, Boston um, should be in a, in a good position here to, to have some success in this series, you know, all things, uh, all things being equal. Um, Quick closing thoughts here for you, Gary, Um, you know, just, you know, what, what are the, what are, is there an X factor in any capacity on either side that you'll be looking for as you attend the games out here um, against Boston and Atlanta? Yeah, just, you know, the Celtics depth, like, you know, the Brogdons and the Whites. And then guys like on Atlanta side, like Jalen Johnson and some of the bodies that they'll throw out there, you know, uh, they do have good young players. I think they're playoff inexperienced, and a lot of these guys will probably have some jitters. You know, some of these guys haven't played in in a playoff game before, or, you know, it's it's only a few guys left from that team that reached the Eastern Conference Finals. So, uh, there, there will be some savvy guys there, but also some, some, some youth. Uh, so we'll just see how the Celtics come out. I'll be fascinated, Warren, to see where they come out punching first. Like, just like you know what, man, we don't care who you are, we're gonna knock you out. And that's the mentality they need to have. And I think that's a mentality that the fans want to see. Like, don't play around with this team. Excellent, excellent. Well, that'll conclude our our playoff edition, playoff preview edition here. Believe in the Celtics. Um, you know, I think we will continue to check in throughout the course of the series, and hopefully, it'll be a long run. And playing into May and, and June um, is where what Team Green is definitely hoping for. Um, but you know, uh, definitely make sure you stay in tune with us here. Again, he is Gary Washburn. Follow him at G Washburn Globe. Follow me at Shaw Sports NBA for Believe in Celtics. Brought to you by Bet Online. That'll do it. We'll catch you here in a couple games, you know, probably game after maybe game three-ish or so. And Gary, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get back with y'all soon. Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.